Hello, I'm Noel Lim on ASEAN Speaks by Maybank. We digest the mixed inflation data that was released in Indonesia, Thailand and the Philippines and weigh in on the impacts of Thai's elections on its stock market and China's slower-than-expected recovery. We also discuss, despite the surprise decision by OPEC Plus to cut crude oil production, we maintain our oil price estimate at $100 per barrel for 2023. Winston Poon, Head of Fixed Income Research, moderates the call. Hi, good morning everyone. Uh, it's 8 o'clock on Monday. A quick recap for last week, global stocks traded mix. The S&P 500, Eurostox 50 and Hang Seng indices were little change. But Shanghai Composite was up 1.7%, while the Nikkei 225 was down by about 2%. For ASEAN equities, it was also a mixed bag. Singapore and Malaysia stock markets were up, while Thailand, Indonesia and Philippines declined. The US labor market remained strong. Non-farm payroll released last Friday showed an increase of 237,000 jobs uh, increases. Unemployment rate fell to 3.5%. Average hourly earnings slow but remain high at 4.2% year-on-year. The FOMC's bullet and master said that the Fed needs to raise interest rate further to, hide, to, to fight inflation. Um, currently, the futures market has priced in about 70, 70% probability for another 25-bit Fed rate hike in May. But the more forward-looking data, like the ISM PMI indices and the initial jobless claims came in weaker than expected. The services PMI fell by almost 4 points um, to 51.2 in March. And the manufacturing PMI surprised to the downside, falling further to 46.3. Stress in the US banking system has eased, but the bank lending standards have tightened and the decline in credit, credit growth has increased the risk of a U.S. recession. Global commodities um, crude oil price jumped by more than 6% following the surprise OPEC plus production cut last Monday and held on to the gains for the rest of the week. Later, we'll have TJ to comment on this. But other commodity prices were broadly lower. For example, the natural gas in the U.S. and Europe were down by almost 10% on the week because of lower demand and ample supply. Base metal prices also lower across the board, like aluminium, copper, nickel, and iron ore. A central bank decision last week was mixed. Both the Australia and India central banks kept their policy rates unchanged, but the Reserve Bank of New Zealand surprised with a 50-bit rate hike and saying that inflation remained too high and persistent. So for Japan, the new Bank of Japan Governor Ueda has started his new role from Sunday. The market appears to be building up bets again that uh, the new governor will end yield curve control. A 10-year JGB yield was nearing 0.5%, the upper ceiling. And on China, the Chaising Services PMI index surged to 57.8 in March which is the highest level in more than two years as economic recovery gained traction on improvements in customer demand and higher new orders. Now, this week, the key data to watch uh, include China CPI and PPI on Tuesday, US CPI on Wednesday, and Singapore monetary policy decision on Friday. It will also be the start of 
earnings season for global major banks uh, in, in the first quarter. Uh, this morning, we have ASEAN economics update from Joye and Zamros, FX by Andy, ASEAN equity strategy by uh, Anand, oil and gas update from TJ and uh, Thailand banks from Jeseda and also uh, Vietnam equity strategy by Hui. And let's start with Joye on Indonesia inflation. It slowed further in March. Headline CPI slowed to uh, 5% from 5.5 and also core CPI slowed below 3%. Both came in below market consensus. Uh, Joye, what are the key drivers for lower inflation in Indonesia? Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, so food inflation is still the key driver for headline inflation. Uh, although it did uh, moderate to 6.1% in March compared to 7.2% in February, uh, main contributors to food inflation are still rice, uh, cigarettes, fish and eggs. Uh, rice has been the largest uh, contributor to food inflation in recent months, uh, surging by 13% a, uh, from a year ago. And the government has decided to import uh, 2 million tons of rice this year to stabilize prices uh, amid diminishing government rice reserves. Uh, this will be the largest annual import volume since 2017. Uh, but besides that, transportation costs are also uh, still a big contributor to inflation, uh, picked up to 13.7% in March uh, because of the increase in prices of non-subsidized fuel such as Pertamax and Pertamax Turbo. Uh, on the other hand, other core categories have been uh, relatively soft. So prices of discretionary categories mostly softened, uh, including recreation, sports and culture, household equipment, uh, as well as personal care and other services. Any change to CPI forecast for 2023? Do you see upside risk following the OPEC production cut? And how about the Bank Indonesia interest rate? Uh, we are maintaining our inflation forecast for this year at 4.2%. Uh, we think seeing slowing month-on-month momentum. And the government is also taking steps to contain food inflation by increasing the supply of cooking oil and importing more rice uh, to meet rising demand. Uh, OPEC's recent decision to cut uh, oil output poses upside risk to our forecast because Indonesia is a net oil importer. Uh, but we think that the government is unlikely to hike prices of subsidized fuel further this year, uh, given that the elections are approaching in early 2024 uh, and they have just raised prices in September last year. Uh, however, an oil price shock may force the government to spend more on fuel subsidies. Uh, the amount allocated for energy subsidies and compensation to SOEs uh, is at 337 trillion rupiah this year. Uh, this may not be sufficient if oil prices stay uh, elevated for longer. And uh, on BI's decision, uh, given that core inflation has fallen to below the midpoint of its target range, uh, and real rate has risen to the highest in a year, we are looking at BI to maintain its policy rate in this upcoming meeting uh, on 18th of April, uh, but also throughout the rest of 2023. Interestingly for Thailand, uh, similar to Indonesia, the inflation has also fallen and is now back to the Bank of Thailand target range. Headline CPI slow uh, quite markedly uh, to just 2.8% year-on-year from uh, 38 previously and on a month-on-month -month basis, the prices actually declined by 0.3%. Uh, did it come as a surprise and uh, what are the drivers? Is it similar to Indonesia? Yeah, so the faster the expected slowdown in Thailand's inflation uh, was indeed a surprise, uh, especially as energy costs 
decelerated quite significantly to just 2.4% in March compared to 7.8% in February. And also core categories have remained incredibly stable, haven't really seen uh, second round effects of, of the high energy uh, and commodity prices last year. Uh, food inflation is still the main driver at 5.2%. Uh, we are still seeing very high prices of items like vegetables, which is at 15% growth, uh, eggs and dairy products at, at 6% and a pickup in rice and meat prices. Uh, on the other hand, transportation costs uh, fell for the first time since January 2021 uh, by 0.7% in March amid easing global oil prices. Uh, domestic diesel prices were cut uh, for the fourth time uh, since early February to 33 baht per litre uh, since last Friday. What is the island inflation outlook for the rest of 2023 and our forecast? Do you think uh, Bank of Thailand is almost done with rate hike? Uh, yeah, we've recently cut our inflation forecast for this year to 2.7% compared to uh, from, from the previous 3.3%. Uh, and this is at the upper end of the uh, Commerce Ministry's uh, forecast range of um, uh, 1.7 to uh, 2.7, but it's lower than BOT's revised uh, estimate of 2.9%. Uh, again, for Thailand, given it's also a net oil importer, OPEC's decision to cut uh, its oil output does force upside risk uh, for, for Thailand's oil prices and may push up energy costs in the coming months. Uh, we are maintaining our view for the BOT to deliver its final hike at the May meeting, uh, and that will bring the terminal rate in this cycle to 2%. Thanks, Joye. Uh, we also have another inflation report from Philippines. Uh, we'll look in on Zamros. That seems to be telling a different story uh, as opposed to lower inflations in Indonesia and Thailand uh, because Philippines' headline CPI is still high at 7.6%, slower, but the core CPI increased to 8%. It seems that Philippines' inflation remains uh, sticky and also is the highest in major EM major economies. Why is it the case, Zamras? Uh, hi, morning, uh, Vincent. Morning, everyone. Yeah, 7.6% uh, in March uh, is the highest among emerging, emerging uh, Asia. Uh, I think we can contribute that to uh, a few factors. Uh, the first one being the uh, real GDP growth itself in the Philippines. Uh, in the fourth quarter last year, uh, the economy expanded 7.1%. Uh, and for the full year of last year, 2022, uh, the Philippines economy, uh, real GDP growth at 7.6%. Uh, so this 7.6%, uh, uh, if not the highest, is among the highest uh, in uh, major uh, emerging Asia. And even for the first quarter of this year, uh, BSP uh, looking at uh, growth of close to 7%. Again, that's the, uh, a decent growth for, for, for the Philippines. And secondly, uh, looking at the uh, labor markets, uh, it's continued to improve. Uh, the unemployment rate has uh, been staying uh, below 5% uh, since September last year. And this is a lot better than the uh, pre-pandemic level. Uh, the third point uh, is on the remittances uh, from the overseas Filipino workers. Uh, last year, it expanded at 3.6% with the uh, global economy uh, expanding at a higher pace. Uh, again, uh, for this year, we are still looking at a decent growth of 3% for 2023. And the final point is on the supply side uh, itself. 
Uh, we know that the Philippines was hit with the uh, typhoon Kading and Paing in uh, September and October last year, uh, and that had been pushing up uh, the food and non-alcoholic beverages uh, in November to reach uh, double digit at 10.0%. And we think that's already peaked uh, in February at 10.8%. Uh, as such, uh, the government has uh, been introducing a series of non-monetary measures uh, to uh, to address uh, the food uh, shortages, mainly uh, meat and sugar, uh, as the uh, typhoon cutting and pine has been disrupting the food supply and food production in, in, in certain areas in the Philippines. Uh, Winston. Going forward, do you think price pressure will begin to ease? Uh, what is your forecast for 2023 and also uh, do you think the central bank would need to tighten further? Yeah, we, we think that the headline inflation already peaked uh, for the Philippines in, in January at 8.7%. Uh, and we think that the trajectory, the downward trajectory will continue uh, in the coming months. Uh, we are expecting uh, the headline inflation to return to uh, BSP's target range of between 2 and 4% by the fourth quarter of this year. Uh, hence, we, we maintain our uh, headline inflation forecast full year this year at 5.9%, uh, which is slightly higher than what it was uh, for last year at 5.8%. And uh, as far as uh, BSP rate are concerned, we are looking at another uh, 25 basis point rate hike by BSP, uh, which is next month. Uh, very minimal, uh, we think that to manage uh, the uh, inflation expectations as uh, core inflation is still elevated at 8% in March uh, from 7.8% year-on-year in February. Winston. Thanks, Zamros. We'll move to Andy on FX. Uh, Andy, in your FX monthly report, uh, can you share the key highlights or any changes in FX outlook? For example, the latest forecast for ASEAN FX, uh, Ringgit, Rupiah, Thai Baht, and the Peso. Uh, morning, uh, Winston, and uh, morning, everyone. Um, yes, indeed, uh, we we actually changed a bit of our forecast. Uh, mostly unchanged, essentially, but uh, some modest adjustments to our dollar, our euro, Aussie, Kiwi, and Canadian dollar forecast. I think largely it reflects the slower than expected boost from uh, China's recovery, and we wanted to factor that in uh, into our effects forecast. Um, however, I think if you look at our report, we... we are actually keeping our trajectories roughly unchanged. And one of the main reasons is because we are factoring in a bit of the debt ceiling uh, concerns of the US, which may emerge somewhere in the middle of the year. Uh, and typically, that should continue to have some pressure downwards on, on the dollar. And, um, and that sort of helps in terms of our trajectory going forward as well. Um, besides that, uh, we have actually revised on ASEAN front like you asked, Vincent. Uh, we are revising a bit on the RMB front uh, forecast for RMB. Uh, on the RMB front, we are actually revising dollar CNY slightly higher from the 670 that we are expecting on the second quarter and um, slightly higher in the third quarter as well from 665 to 670 cents. So essentially about 5 cents uh, revision upwards uh, uh, to end the year for dollar CNY is 665. The second uh, currency that we're revising is on the ringgit front. Uh, ringgit front, uh, we actually uh, revised it on dollar ringgit front to take into account uh, the slower than expected recovery in China, as I mentioned earlier, uh, as well as the lingering fears on the banking sectors that um, 
could emerge and they try to price that in uh, as well on top of the softer than expected commodity market developments and uh, still lingering domestic related concerns out of Malaysia. So on that basis, we're actually revising ringgit uh, slightly upwards for 15 cents in second quarter uh, and ending the years uh, slightly higher, about 10 cents to end the year about 4.10 instead of our original 4.4 uh, 4 at the end of the year as well. Uh, the other uh, currencies in ASEAN uh, for rupiah, we are not making any changes, although we're seeing some volatility on that front. On uh, peso, as um, Zamros has mentioned, we are trying to factor in a bit of that China uh, moves as well as the uh, the lower expectations on the China reopening stuff uh, and also revising a bit given some of the dollar development. So we are ending the year for peso at 53.75 instead of the 52.50 uh, that we are expecting. Uh, thai baht as well, I think it's the reflection of uh, some of our changes uh, on Thai baht front is I think we uh, did not, uh, the dollar Thai baht did not decline at the pace we expected given the market participants who likely took profit on the positions relative to initial uh, sentiments out of the China reopening. I think Thai baht uh, probably might take a little time to fully regain back its bullish optimism on that front. Uh, the other currency that we adjusted is on the peso. Uh, which I highlighted just now uh, together with Thai Baht as well. So, um, Vincent, so on ASEAN front, I think it's a reflection of some of the uh, China reopening delays, but we are not um, making any drastic changes on our forecast in terms of um, on the dollar trajectory. Uh, we're not in making any drastic changes on the renminbi front, but it's a reflection. The trajectory remains. Yeah, I forgot that the other one is on the dong. Uh, we are actually revising the dong slightly high, higher to reflect the weaker growth outlook and uh, potential for further deterioration in their external balances uh, out of the dong. So we're ending the year for dong at 23,300 instead of 22,900. Uh, Vincent? How about Singapore? The MS is having the policy decision this week. Do you expect MS to raise the senior again and has the market pricing for additional tightening? Yes, uh, Vincent, so we, we're actually revising in some ways, uh, not revising um, the Sing dollar forecast, but in terms of um, Sing dollar policy, I think the key thing is this core inflation actually remains persistently elevated above MS's comfort levels. So the house view is uh, for MS to recenter the policy band to the prevailing level in mid-April. Our models uh, from Taylor Rule and our models actually implied showing that uh, potential recentering is actually necessary to contain uh, inherent upward pressures on the Sing near. Um, the senior is uh, largely remains about 1% above uh, the, the mid path, uh, we think would therefore be supportive. Could actually induce uh, slightly more than 1% gain in the senior if uh, tightening does materialize in terms of recentering. Uh, but our base case actually is expecting a recentering that could result in a tentative post announcement trading range of about 0 to 1% above the new higher policy midpoint. So I, I think in terms of the moves, we have already moved quite a number of times already. Uh, this will be the sixth tightening move by MES since uh, October 2021. Um, so in, uh, on that basis, I think uh, thereafter, there could be a possibility they could uh, stand back uh, going forward. But like I mentioned, it's still not fully priced in. Uh, they could in it could induce a further 1%, slightly more than 1% gain in the senior if the recentering does uh, materialize. Thanks, Andy. I will move to Anand on ASEAN equity strategy. Anand, can you share what are the key developments and any changes to our outlook on a sector or company that you want to highlight over the past one to two weeks? Also, Thailand's general election is coming next month. 
Do you think this will be a catalyst or headwind to the SAT index? Sure. Hi. Hey, good morning, Vincent. Good morning, everyone. You know, as far as uh, ASEAN market action is concerned over the last fortnight, it has been quite a mixed picture. So, you know, some markets have gone up, some markets have continued to retreat uh, over the last two weeks. So the ones that have gone up, uh, Indonesia uh, leads the pack there. You know, there's a lot of IPO action in the commodity space in Indonesia, and that's really raised, uh, you know, market sentiment and, and bullishness in Indonesia. In Singapore as well, we've seen the market outperform over the last two weeks uh, on safe haven attraction, you know, Sing Dollar as well as the Sing Banks uh, as an alternative to the apparently troubled uh, Western US and EU banks. Uh, and also Vietnam, which has you know long been a very volatile market. We did see some gains over the last two weeks uh, on favorable policy action to support the economy, uh, including uh, interest rate cuts. So I think uh, when you look at our sort of our coverage, you know, we continue to expand uh, our coverage in the space. Uh, we have initiated on a commodities player, Press Metal in Malaysia uh, with a uh, buy rating. Uh, I think uh, with oil prices going up, uh, Press Metal's, uh, you know, fixed input cost in terms of hydropower is a major attraction. Uh, we've also initiated on Jasamarga, toll road operator in Indonesia with a buy. Uh, as well as Manila Water uh, in the Philippines uh, with a buy. So a lot of uh, new utility stocks, uh, you know, defensive for investors to consider. Now, moving on to your second question on Thailand. Yes, you know, we, uh, we have done uh, research before and we've published it showing that uh, the SET index does do uh, quite well uh, around election periods in the past. So I think the average gain uh, in the run-up to elections uh, previously was about 3%. And even after elections were concluded, uh, the SET did tend to perform better by about 5%. Uh, so, you know, overall, elections are good for the Thai market. Uh, to finish off, I would stress, you know, we have three thematics in the Thai market space where we're seeing consolidation uh, into a duopolistic structure. Uh, so I'll pick that as advanced info services uh, to play that, you know, uh, declining competitive uh, issues. Uh, the second thematic is elections, uh, as well as the return of tourism boosting consumption. Uh, our two picks there uh, are CP All uh, and Com7. Uh, and finally, you know, our new Thai head of research, Chuck, points out that you know, stocks with a unique Thai-ness uh, to their business uh, are also going to be well bid uh, by you know, the elections as well as uh, tourism. So stocks like uh, SPA or SPA, as well as SAPPE, SAPE, uh, would be stocks we would look at. For Malaysia, can you remind us what is the KLCI forecast this year? Yeah, so we're sticking to our guns in terms of uh, a relatively uh, aggressive KLCI target of 1660. Uh, to recap, the KLCI is now hovering about 1420, so there's about a 17% upside. So I think it's important to remind investors, you know, it was never our view that the first half would be good for the KLCI. Uh, just too much external noise in terms of interest rates as well as domestic noise uh, in terms of the new governments, uh, you know, getting used to passing policy, as well as the fact that we have state elections coming up in June, July. Uh, that would be a hurdle uh, the new government has to sort of uh, overcome as well. So I think for Malaysia, it's going to be a second half story in terms of market performance and catch up. Uh, and the uh, sort of sectors that we are sort of favoring, uh, also consumer sectors uh, like auto, uh, gaming, uh, and of course, retail, uh, financials as well, uh, we like. Uh, and also some externally facing sectors like oil and gas, uh, as well as uh, technology hardware. Thanks, Anand. Uh, we'll move to TJ on oil and gas, a surprise production cut by OPEC Plus. 
where do you see oil prices going from here? Yeah, hi Vincent. Uh, morning everybody. I think the OPEC surprise cut, I think, took everybody by surprise. Uh, consensus was looking at status quo uh, previously. But uh, with this move, what we could see here is that uh, it, it sets the floor price of at least uh, $80 per barrel data brand. Uh, from now onwards, I think, should uh, demand picks up in the second half of this year and the, the, the production maintains as what they preach, I think oil price is basically going up from, from here onwards. Do you think the OPEC plus can cut production further? Well, I think there is scope for that. Uh, if uh, the agenda is to improve uh, oil price, looking at the way things are going, I think uh, OPEC plus has, uh, uh, has basically reinstated its role as a swing producer. And should demand falters uh, below expectations, I think there is scope for OPEC Plus to further cut their uh, output going forward. Thanks, TJ. We'll move to Jasada on Thailand banks. Uh, you have a report for first quarter uh, earnings preview. Uh, what is your expectation? And what is the current market expectation on bank earnings for Thailand? Do you think... Uh, there will be potential surprise, whether to the upside or downside. And how about asset quality? Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, for the first quarter earnings, we expect uh, the earnings to be fat uh, year on year due to the higher net interest income and also the higher credit cost. Uh, for the Q1Q, we expect earnings to increase about 30% Q1Q due to the lower operating expense and also the credit cost. And now the market expected earnings to recover Q1 and Q2. For the asset quality, uh, we believe the sector NPL to increase about seven basis points to about uh, 3.74% in the first quarter. And credit cost likely to increase about 20 basis points year on year to about 1.4%. And the weakness in asset quality is slightly due to the SME and retail load. So overall, uh, we expect the credit cost to increase in the first first half this year and gradually decline in the second half. What is your top pick on the sector? Bangkok Bank is our top pick to play for the first quarter earnings. Given the potential positive earnings supplies, due to the high reserve and also the higher net interest margin. We also like KKP for the strong revenue growth and active valuation. And we see the recent share price weakness provide a good opportunity to accumulate. Thanks, Jaseda. We'll move to Hui on Vietnam equity strategy. Uh, Hui, uh, Vietnam had a second round of rate cut by lowering the refinancing rate by 50 bips. Was it needed? Do you expect more rate cut ahead? Uh, thanks, Wizard. Uh, good morning, everyone. Uh, yes, the cut is uh, needed and uh, as soon as possible because uh, the slowdown of US and EU is uh, affecting Vietnam export. And uh, meanwhile, the domestic real estate, real estate crisis is also weakening local demand. 
So we see uh, Mobile World, la the largest phone and electronics retailer, post sales tumbling 32% year over year in uh, two months, uh, in the first two months. And banking system stock uh, with credit inching of only 1.6% due to that at end of March for the lowest level in uh, the past 10 years. And uh, for GDP, the first quarter GDP grew only 3.3% year over year for, for almost a year. Uh, therefore, we uh, we think the authorities have to place more priority on economic growth and shift uh, from tightening to easing monetary policy. Um, we view the ongoing economic slump is at bad as a COVID time, so um, so we think interest rates should be as low as a COVID level. We forecast inflation uh, to remain in check this year. Being uh, why despite no longer the biggest threat, Fed policy is still a, a constraint on the record of Vietnam Central Bank. So we forecast a, a gradual path, another 50 pips cut in mid by mid-year and another 50 pips uh, early next year. <laughs> How do you think investors should position in Vietnam stocks? Um, which sectors will benefit more? Uh, yeah, oh, well, uh, how the economy recovery remains uh, to be seen. But uh, the stock market would uh, uh, react faster, quicker, and uh, we our top forecast for the win uh remain at uh, fourteen hundred point, around twenty to thirty percent upside. Um, we still favor sectors with the uh, of which earnings growth are resilient, like uh, IT, energy, beverage, and banks. Um, uh, in the meantime, because of uh, uh, policy pivot. Uh, cyclic sectors would be also both our performers. So we like uh, real estate. We also like uh, real estate, steel, and retailing. Thanks, Hui. And thanks, thanks, everyone, for joining the call. Have a good week. To get more information, speak to your trading rep and check out Market Insights on the Maybank Trade app. Follow ASEAN Speaks on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. I'm Noel Lim on ASEAN Speaks by Maybank. Bank.